Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Justin. How are you? Doing fine. How are you? Good, man. I'm grand. Thank you very much. I've got uh, croaky, coffee, sexy Helen Daniels voice, Jesse. Hello, it's me. <laughs> uh, i got Ryan. Hello. <laughs> and first part of the season, I've got uh, David or Dave. Thank you, Dave. Dave. I'm, 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 I was just about to compliment you on your lovely husky pod voice, but no more, no more, no more. Self-sabotage. <laughs> Does anybody remember Helen Daniels? Sadly, I'm old enough. I yet. thought you said Helen Mirren. No, Helen Daniels from Neighbours. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to talk about World Cup qualifiers, uh, the Premier League, a few of the games. Uh, but first of all, Ryan. Yes. Your favourite kids game came out this week, didn't it? It did. So I've got a challenge for you. Okay, which I'm ready. You can report back periodically on through the season. Right. My challenge was kind of to get you watching a bit of A-League football this season. I think I might have found a way of doing it. Uh, your challenge is to take either uh, Melbourne Victory or Sydney FC. Now, these are the two teams that played the grand final last year. Uh, take one of them uh, and you've got to manage them within 10 seasons to uh, win an A-League Grand Final AFC Champions Leagues and then win the World Club Cup Wow, okay Alright, and you can choose either one of these teams, I'll ask you at the end of the pod who you're going to choose, either Sydney FC or Melbourne Victory Okay, Uh, cool Do you know anything about either of them? Uh, Not really, so this this can be fun (laughs) Fair enough, okay uh, right, have a little think about that and I'll ask you at the end. So, we're going to start with the World Cup qualifiers. I realise we've got a Northern Irishman on first, but I think the sort of bigger seismic shockwaves was um, Italy nil, Sweden nil. Uh, Sweden go through to the World Cup next year, 1-0 on aggregate. Um, just to show how old this was, my mum was three years old last time Italy weren't at a World Cup. Dave, how old were you? Wasn't born. It's that, born it's that long ago, listeners. Eight years, eight, eight, eight oh, years Dave, before I think me. I think it was not too old. Yeah, very, very old. I think it was 58 was the last time we missed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I was eight years before I was even thought of. Really? Just Yep, it. and and it's just horrible. <laughs> but it's horrible to think of a World Cup without Italy. I've never known one, really. And it's just not going to be the same. It's going to be very, very strange. But, I mean, this has been coming, hasn't it? Since they, they, they became champions 2006, the last two World Cups, they've not gone out of the group stages. The Euros have been a bit different, but yeah. the writing's well, been on the I wall saw them, for a little while. 
I saw them here in 2014 when they were in disarray. I saw them play Uruguay and, and Natala was at the, the Luis Suarez biting incident. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I know. Jesse, calm, calm. Uh, but uh, she'll you bite know, you. That, that was a. It was a pale, <laughs> and, and, and even what we're seeing today is a pale imitation of, of those great... You know, I, I look at the 82 side, and, you know, even from there, I, I always I always love watching Italy. They always come into a tournament, you never know what they were going to do, but you always knew they're, they're there or thereabouts in World Cups. And just, you know, the, the last sort of... As you say, the one in 2006, but really, I, I don't think that was, that was a classic Italian side either. But what we saw in those two, you know, the two legs of that qualifier, you know, I, I feel dreadfully for uh, Buffon because it, it would have been a, a perfect way to end a, a, a magnificent career. But ultimately, if you look at it overall, Chris, you know, it's no more than they do deserve because they're not in, they're, they're not in any great shape at the minute. They're no great shakes. And I'm gutted on reflection that we ended up with, with uh, Swiss, or Switzerland and not Italy because I think Italy would have suited us better. Oh, that's Sweden. Okay. Right. Instead What's... of Switzerland? No, no, no. We, uh, Northern Ireland, ended up with Switzerland. Ah, yeah. We would have been better off getting Italy, the team getting that we Italy. actually didn't want in the draw. In hindsight, we would have been actually better off getting. Do you think, though, that... I mean, I agree that that Buffon getting another World Cup would have been a better end to his career, obviously, than going out like this, but... I think you're right that the way that <laughs> that sorry that they've been playing over the past couple of years even it doesn't it, it didn't bode well had they qualified and flaming out in a World Cup or even just fizzling out in a World Cup that wouldn't have been a good way to go either. So I feel like this has been an Italy team that's just been in transition for too long and Ventura obviously needed to go. Some of these players have been you know waiting to go um, or it shouldn't have been in the team in the first place or in the positions they were in the first place. So maybe this is like the push that the team as a whole needed to make a, a sea change, like to make an actual full on shift rather than just going to the world cup, doing poorly and, and maintaining this like terrible status quo that they've been in. But it is, you know, you've got, there's Carlo Ancelotti's, you know, been approached for the job. I don't see Carlo Ancelotti making a great deal of difference with with the personnel there at the minute. Um, it, it, they just don't seem to have the quality of player that they used to have. Certainly not. You know, you think of the night, the eighties and the nineties. Certainly, it's it's a, it's far removed from that. And I don't even see that a Carlo Ancelotti, given like fantastic manager, world class manager, I can't see him making the difference for them at this stage. I'm. I'm I'm not sure if others would agree with me or disagree with me, but for my I, money, I, I, I just think it's a personnel issue. Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. This, this is the least talented group of senior Italian nationals in my adult lifetime. I mean, you mentioned, rightly so, the 2016, which won the World Cup. Even that really, that side wasn't replete with the best players uh, Italy have ever had, but there was still a Cannavaro and a Del Piero um, you look at the the, the, the strong defense there, Justin. You know, the, as always, the yeah, 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 the always, traditional uh, defense, and that's what got them through. True, true. But there's still some some flair and ability uh, going forward, and, and of course, only Ventura knows why he he uh, left Insigne out uh, completely. Daniel De Rossi um, didn't know why did he? 
Yeah, I mean, DeRossi's a little more understandable as they're chasing a result, you know, but, um, and, and he's, he's, he's a, a, a tremendous box to box midfielder, but at this stage of his career, certainly not much of a goal threat. Well, that's what DeRossi said uh, himself, didn't he, when they told him to warm up? Yeah, there's the footage I'm sure everyone has Brilliant seen. Brilliant video, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and very damning, obviously, so. But it is it is an uninspiring bunch, and it's similar. I know people have talked about the German reboot, Das Boot, that was done at the start of this century when when they found themselves with a a, a standard of players in the in the national side that didn't meet what, what had come before them. And Italy are in the same situation now. And you, you, I also don't think a new manager at the top is 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 the answer. They've got to find a way to to get better players coming through the system. De Rossi well, think... also went on the Sweden bus after the game and congratulated them and apologised for uh, the booing of their anthem. Yeah, that's, he's that kind of guy. Good. And 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 while, while as the booing was going on, you saw uh, Gigi Buffon applauding, uh, as he's done in the past when when <clears throat> Italian fans have booed the opposition national anthem, as a way to sort of get the supporters on board and distracted from that. It shows the kind of guy he is, too. Um, right. And him coming out and speaking instead of Ventura was so telling. Like, Ventura's heart was just, or head, I don't not where it was supposed to be. Is any man's. Hmm. No. No. <laughs> men are just, is that what you set me up for saying that men are the worst? But well done. <laughs> well, here, you, Jerry, I'll watch hers. Is, is there enough talent, do you feel, for a rebuild? I, I haven't watched Serie A since, really, the, you know, thousand really uh i stopped it and i don't I, I watch it occasionally but is there is there a good depth of talent there for a rebuild do you feel i think there is i think there's definitely i mean the fact that with buffon going you've got a ready-made goalkeeper in donnarumma ready just to come in and, uh, and do that job that's it, it, it but let me just quickly point in and say yeah. that's a downgrade at the, oh, moment, at the moment, I'm, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not doubting it. I mean, Buffon is, is is obviously another class, but I mean, Donnarumma is what 18, 19. But you know, they've got someone that they can that is playing top level football pretty much um, every week, and it's someone that they can put in that team and trust going forward for a, a long period of time. Um, I think it's really interesting, though, that um, reports say that um, Italy approached. Lucas Toreira, who's, I think, 18, um, about, he was born in Uruguay, he has Italian parents, about playing for Italy, and he turned them down. Um, he said that, that his dream has been to play for the Uruguay national team, but that they're looking outside of Italian-born citizens shows a little bit of, I don't know if it's desperation, but I, I actually don't know. Like, is that desperation? Should they be doing that? Uh, well, I mean, England, uh, I mean, I think, you know, whenever a player comes onto the scene that's got some connection to your country, I think you you automatically try and grab them. I mean, um, I know a lot of my conversations always end back with Tammy Abraham, but I think he was approached by about three or four different nations. I think he then picked England officially is, is, is his nation. But I think as soon as a, a wonder kid comes in, someone will go, oh, he, he can play for us, we'll have him. Um, if they'd made better use of the friendly system, would they have been in a higher pot and therefore avoided Spain, Italy? I, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, they were in a position where they, they really should have gone through. Regard, like, the fact that they got to the playoff, they should, uh, I'd like to think, still beat Sweden. That's Spain group, um, though? Very difficult. But, yeah, I mean, having Spain in your group is pretty... I mean, going there and playing 4-2-4 at the Bernabeu isn't great, but it's... 
it was hard to get past them. Yeah, I mean, but I think the big the thing is with with Italy, I think the management's just been poor. I mean, the, the going four two four is just not a great idea anyway. But I, I have a horrible feeling that Conte might go back, or he might be tempted to go back, maybe at the end of the season because there's no point going now. But I have a feeling he might be tempted back to Italy. Okay, right. Well, look, that, that's another issue because they, you know, all the iconic managers. You know, you, you look at, uh, you know, I grew up with Trapattoni and. and you know, then you Capello. You, you always had, you know, Lippi. You had always these big name managers, which don't seem to be there. And now I understand why they're, they're looking at Ancelotti as as maybe one one of those again. But I, I just think, you know, as I said before, I think it doesn't matter who's managing them. I just don't think that uh, the personnel are there. Certainly not to meet the aspirations of a country like Italy, who who demand a good football team. Maybe they'll take Totti. Maybe they'll want to go back and manage. <laughs> There's a lot of recently retired Italian players that they can pick their brains about, isn't there? You I'm sorry, Justin, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, not at all. Just, uh, again, I, I tend to agree with David. The problem, I think, is deeper and, and has to be addressed at a more grassroots level. I think we, we give countries like Italy credit for always, you know, doing things right because they have produced talent so consistently. But, you know, the Germans found uh, that it's something you can't take for granted. And one of the things they did... Um, as part of the reboot was was make licensing for youth coaches more affordable and required more all weather pitches in city centers and, and areas where where kids weren't able to play as, as much. I mean, the, you know, Italy has to take at any time a country misses out on qualification or a big club gets relegated. You always hear how it could end up being better for them. And I think, Jesse, you've already mentioned that. But it only can be if there's deep and thorough reckoning at all levels and I, I don't know enough about the grassroots game in Italy so I wouldn't say but I would expect that someone's got to take a very serious look at how young players are developed and brought through systems and clubs again traditionally Italy has been a world power and produced a lot of talent but it's not the kind of thing that has its own momentum that continues if it's not properly fed and maintained so you know, it may be that there are going to need to be institutional changes at a much younger level, at the grassroots level, to continue to produce talent. I think it Germany also... Be, somehow a generation has they've missed out on generation of talent. While we're at it, you know, the Dutch have as well. Um, mm. and we, that's been a long time coming, and we've seen for, for quite a few years, but, um, you know, there Justin, has to be... Justin, do you feel a, as well... A, 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 you know, we hear it, and we hear from football fans a lot, and I do a lot of podcasts, like, and, and it's, it's a theme that runs through them, that international football is becoming less and less important year on year. And, you know, like, I live in Brazil, where the World Cup is king. There, there is nothing, you know, there's the World Cup and the World Club Championship. And, you know, already in Europe, it's a throwaway, the World Club Championship, no one's interested in it. And year by year, you know, the World Cup draws the attention, but international football in general... It, its status has been eroded greatly. And, and I wonder, it, it's different maybe for the South American nations where the passion exists, but for other nations now, it's like it's all about club football and, and the only thing that seems to matter is club football. And, and it's a crying shame, in my opinion, because I'm a massive fan of international football, but it's just an observation and I feel that, you know, the Champions League just seems to eclipse everything in this in, in, with, with the mind of the younger football supporters today. And that's at the expense of, of international football. And, and it's a crying shame. I think I, I yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. I think that stems from the how much people resent international breaks. 
there's there's so much uh you know obviously there's support is based on a tribal sort of uh feeling for your club and and not only wanting your side to win but hoping your rivals lose every weekend and so there's there's such palpable and visceral anger at international breaks um leading up i think people still enjoy the actual tournaments i mean they, during the euros uh, my my twitter feed was a was nothing but uh, people following all the matches but yeah people don't like qualification it's stretched out over a very long time seems to come nobody ever is happy when the when the international breaks come they seem to last forever um and and so i don't know as you say champions league is is king and and uh, um people just don't like to see it interrupted on the for the international breaks uh we're gonna have to move on a bit because i've got a feeling we might be spending a little bit more time on the next team um it's not Sunderland. I wrote my name down. I wrote, I wrote it down wrong. Switzerland. That was it. Switzerland, mm. nil, Northern Ireland. Right. Who, who, who do I go to oh, for this? Eeny, me. really mad at you for that. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Where do I go for this? Ryan. Yeah, this is totally my, my area of expertise, Chris. Thank you. Uh, I mean, good, good game. Good That's game. It. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, you know, there was some controversy, but pff, it's only Northern Ireland. Okay. Jesse, anything you'd like to say about this? <laughs> um, you know, I hear that the Swiss make great chocolate and cough drops, but, you know, nothing else to say, really. I heard it was a good penalty as well. That was the other thing. Good penalty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, anything totally. you'd like to say? Very disappointed for my, uh, I wouldn't call him good friend, but my buddy Michael McGovern, who I thought played very, very well and was looking oh, forward Justin, to seeing him. That's like real commentary, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right, next one. Uh, Republic of Ireland won Denmark. For... Oh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> oh, we have more to say? I, th- I think somebody might have a little bit more to say. Well, I, I live in one of the most corrupt countries in the world, so... Dealing Do with you live people... in America, too? No, no, no. I, I, trust me, we, you, you only do, you're only amateurs up there. <laughs> you, know, you, you still hide it down here. It's totally out in the open. And basically what FIFA did, in, in my opinion, anyhow... Um, if, if anyone hasn't seen this penalty, or well, I call it a penalty, it's not a penalty. The ball hit um, Corey Evans on the back. Um, for his, his arm at the time was, was across his stomach, <laughs> facing the other direction, and a handball was given. Um, basically a penalty, and to have so, insult to injury, he got a yellow card as well, which ruled him out of the return leg. David, this sounds like uh, a real massive injustice. Did this happen in the very last minute of the second leg? No. No, 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 no. This happened in the first half of the first leg. So, and, so you uh, had another three halves to sort to rectify this wrong then? We had, but we're Northern <laughs> Ireland. You know, <laughs> it's so, a little bit more difficult than that. Yeah, but what would have um, happened if you, like, that didn't happen? You, you, would you well, still it, be going out? It would have been nil-nil. No, it wouldn't no, be, well, because it, you, it, don't know any, you don't know how that set of events would have played from there. Okay, so he hits that guy's back, goes out for a corner, corner comes in, keeper catches corner, blah, 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 or, or you know, something else happens. You could have, the, you could the have corner car- comes in, and someone heads in. Exactly. You could have lost that game 4-0 by the, the 90th minute, for all you know. <laughs> well, no, no, we should have. Let's, let's, let's put it into perspective. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here going, you know, I'm, I'm being realistic about it. But the decision, the fact that, that Switzerland could not break us down, regardless of their chances... Other than that penalty, but they didn't um, need you to. know, well, they didn't need to because FIFA have the refs in their pockets. No, they and, don't. Uh, and, 
Yes, they do. No, they don't. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the referee is obviously like, made a mistake. Right? The referee is obviously made a mistake. I don't know if you guys now. know this, but girls' pockets are very small. Like, a pencil <laughs> won't fit in it. A ref would definitely not fit. Okay, in Look. this first leg where this tremendous injustice happened, how many shots did you have on target? Zero. Eight, right, okay, exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't think Dave is making any excuses for going I, out. I, I think he is. I, I mean, uh, I don't think they had a shot on target in the second leg, did they, at home? No. Nope. And you expect to get yeah. through on those statistics? No, no, Switzerland, and we, we should have, we could have had three or four, actually, in Switzerland. The problem was, basically, Northern Ireland were the Euros. We, we have a, look, let's be honest about this. We have a very, very limited squad. Connor McLaughlin plays for Fleetwood Town, for goodness sake. You know, I'm, we're not talking about household names here. Um, they're good, honest pros. They have a manager there who have brought a unit together. They play as a team. They're hard to break down. Yes, we're not going to... We're, we're not Brazil. We're Northern Ireland, the song goes. And it's true. You know, we're not going to play this massive, expansive football. We started to play a little bit of football. We got to the Euros. We showed you at the Euros. We're, we're, we're not just all about defence. You know, the set... Northern Ireland in the first leg, I don't know whether it was... Fear, whether it was just shell shock, whether it was so much on the line, but they didn't perform, certainly not to what I've seen in the last four years under Michael O'Neill. You know, we, we only lost in that to, to Germany. Well, no, tell a lie, we lost to the, the, the Norway in the last game. But ultimately, our qualifying belied, belittled basically our position in world football and, and where we stand in, in as a country, basically, of 1.8 million people who we can only draw on half the population because only half the population think they're from Northern Ireland. It's complicated leaving it there. Uh, so the achievement in getting there, the, the whole country was, was up for this. You know what I mean? It was, uh, it, you, you talk about the players. They're, they're all the wrong side of 30. The majority of that spine of that squad are the wrong side of 30. This was the last chance saloon. You know, we got to a position. We came second in a group with Germany, which is, for Northern Ireland, a, a massive, massive achievement. And, you know, look, I put my arms in the air. We were the second best in the first. We're better in, in the second leg. But ultimately, had a, if, you, if you look at the two legs, uh, retrospectively, without that penalty, we, we would have got... We'd still maybe have gone out in penalties, but at least we'd, we'd have been less, less bitter about it. And look, it's a small nation again. The, the decision, I, I don't care. You know, we, we talk about refs and bad decisions. This wasn't a bad decision. This was off the chart. As I say, I, I urge anybody who hasn't seen it to, to tell me how on any planet anybody's ever played this game, how that is a penalty. Did, under he, get, any of... did he get 100% did he, uh, this decision he got wrong, but did he get every single one of his other decisions correct? And did all the players have a 100% no. pass completion? Um, basically, Stuart Dallas was felled in, in minute three. And in any other game, like again, quite seriously, any other match, and especially at international level, where, they, where the refs tend to be that little bit more tight on things. It, it's a red card, and I don't even think he got a yellow. It, it, was, it set the tone. The, the referee was an absolute disaster. The game was not allowed to flow. The, things that were, free kicks were given, there was no free kick. Everything was just to stop the game. And, well, I, I, I've got a theory on referees, Dave. I don't know, you, we haven't potted before, so you may not have heard it, but it... I think it covers all this. It really, really explains, in my mind, why we see these kind of performances as referees. And, and my theory is, they're bad. <laughs> no, they're human. They're not bad. They're human. Justin, did you make every single save? 
Yes, yes, that's why I now live in a villa in Barbuda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did all your teammates well, have a 100% pass rate? Uh, yeah, but see, here's the difference, though. No one is actively trying to prevent a referee from completing their physical task. Um, but as players, we're always, we've always got opposition that are, that are directly affecting our, our ability to perform. Um, and, and I don't mean to be flippant. It's a very hard job. I wouldn't do it. I've been asked to referee a couple of times at like the at the academy level, and I hated every second of it. But um, but really, they, they, they it's just a matter of of Bryce agrees with me. Concentration. Yeah, sorry. I got both. I've got both dogs here today, and I'm trying to keep them, trying to keep them. But I mean, I you're refereeing your, them I, right I, now, and I, it's I, really I, hard. I take your point, Chris. That they're human and they do make errors doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. But I don't think you can compare them to players, really, because they don't. Uh, they they are removed from the game in as much as as their ability to make decisions isn't being impacted um, by any outside agency. But they, 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 but they are to some extent, because every time a referee makes a decision, you've got a crowd full of people jumping up and down and shouting, and you've got players in their face. Um, you've got one coaches. group of players. Yeah, you've got one group of players trying to convince you. X did happen, another group trying to convince you why it didn't happen. They're as much involved yeah. as somebody else. Well, again, I mean, that's that's a certain kind of involvement. It's it's And, it, and it's happening after the decision in question. It's, it's still not... Well, I mean, it's funny you say that, too, because don't we hear about an initiative every two or three seasons to stamp that out, the sort of crowding around the referees, and mm. uh, and, and there's always some some initiative underway. The Respect Campaign, which is uh, maybe 10 years old at this point... It, I just don't think that's ever that's ever ever going to work. Well, what for Michael O'Neill? Because apparently he's been approached for the Scotland job. God knows why he'd want to take that, though. I think it's a step down, personally. I think it is, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so, I'm sure know, we'll get onto another step down fairly soon from an international manager, but... <laughs> you, you know, I mean... It, well, uh, what can I, Scotland I offer Michael in the Northern be... Ireland can't? Right, OK, well, what... It is like this... <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, Northern Ireland, for this generation, I think are finished. We don't know what, we don't know what's going to come. As I say that there's, as I said that too many players are wrong side of thirty, and really not a great deal of quality coming up. And again, let's have a pop at FIFA because it's their fault. Um, basically, the Republic of Ireland, under FIFA law, can come north. Our players, we can't do it in reverse. So if they're doing better than us. Um, for a period, you know, they can pick our players basically, and you know, you can play for Northern Ireland through youth level until uh, basically you, you hit the national team level, and then they can come and the Republic of Ireland say, yeah, well, like him, him, and him, offer them the opportunity, and they they have the right. To go. Now it's normally uh, people from the national side of the community uh, would go down, but both sides. Uh, I remember Alan Carnahan, I, I was with him, and and he ended up uh, playing. He went through the Northern Ireland youth. Uh, side and ended up playing the World Cup in '94 for uh, Jack Charlton. So, as I say, it can only be it can only go one way, which is again, uh, I blame FIFA, but FIFA are my punching bag after this. But it's incredibly difficult to see a way back for O'Neill. Um, you know, given the fact that all that experience of those players is going, and you know, we, we jumped under his stewardship from 120th in the world to 20th, which is for a country that size you know it is remarkable it's a, it's a fantastic achievement and i just can't see i, I don't know i, I think I, I can't see his methods working in the scottish system it worked in the northern ireland system because we basically run club ni which is 
basically we run our youth system as a club and prepare the players for if they go to England or they go to Scotland or wherever and also prepare them for, for, the, for the national team. So our youth setup and the way that we run um, youth players within Northern Ireland is slightly different. Uh, and I, I just don't know. I, and I can't see Scotland being an attraction for him. And then the other side of it is, does he go to, say, a Premier League team? You know, because like we all know managing the Premier League, it, it's borrowed time. You know, you don't get the time. Uh, he had four years to, to implement his, his method and his thinking on, on the Northern Ireland players. And I did a pod with Jim McGilton, who runs the, the youth team there uh, last year. And, you know, he said it, he from the minute the, the, those players arrive for national break, they are in a club mentality. It's completely different to every other, other international team. It's a family club environment. And I can't see Michael O'Neill being able to implement the thing in Scotland. And that's why I would be sceptical of it. But are we all happy to see Zerd and Shakiri at a World Cup? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we think that um, Zlatan is going to come out of retirement? Do I we hope, think he has to? I hope not. I mean, he, he made them. it all about himself, didn't he? You exactly. just know it, though, don't you? You just know it. I kind of hope he does. No, they got there without him. And then he puts this tweet out making it all about you himself. Saw that, yeah. yeah. I know, but remember when he said that without Zlatan there is no World Cup? So... There was many before him, many World Cups before him, and there'll be many. But World obviously, Cups after they him. weren't World Cups. I feel like, I feel like he's going to sure find some way. Chris, <laughs> the world started, <laughs> and on the seventh day, God created Zlatan. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I really don't hope. I really hope they don't go back to. It. How would you feel as a Swedish player being the one that's dropped to make way for him, having gone to all that effort to get in there? It's going to be interesting because I think Lukaku's probably at that stage for United, actually. I think Zlatan's been named for, named in the team sheet for well, the Niklas. He's on a downturn of form at the moment, isn't he? He's not scored he is, for so... seven games or so, whereas this is a bit different. You've just got your team to the oh, World yeah, Cup no, and no, beating no, Italy yeah. to get them there. So now all of a sudden Zlatan says, oh, now I want to come back. And right. the manager tells you you're not there. You don't, you, you can't play because Zlatan wants to come back. That's a bit but poor. You, yeah, you have to look at it from maybe a Swedish mentality. You know, if, if, you, were, if you were off that nation, like this is obviously a talisman for, for, for the country. Um, Roger Mila. Uh, <laughs> for Cameroon, you know what I mean? They, they, they dragged him out for every World Cup because he is the, the iconic figure of, of that sport in the country. And that's why I think there's... You know, I, I wouldn't be betting against it, put it like that. Yeah, I mean, what, what was their scoring record through qualification? Fair enough, they're, they're in. They did what it took to get in, but I, it seems to me they could use Latana. Maybe not at stepping right into the team. I mean, maybe he's at the stage of his career coming off this injury where... Uh, you know, he's more of an impact sub, maybe, but um, I don't he's know. He's like the I, Olivier I mean, Giroud of Sweden. Like, 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 let's be honest, he's, he's a useful sub for 20 minutes. I, I think yeah. any uh, an international team would, would, uh, would be happy to have that as, as a resource. I think Zlatan, the, the top player is and the top personality is, he's not going to accept being a sub. No. That's the well, thing, he's going to say, I'm, I'm Zlatan. But he's doing it at the moment team. United. You know what I mean? Well, he, he's willing to, to sacrifice that at United. That's we, obviously we his, yeah, his don't know that, don't really. Really. Okay, but Ryan, he's not going to say I'm Zlatan. He's going to say Zlatan is Zlatan. Oh, yeah, right. sorry. Oh, Third that's... person all the way. Sorry. <laughs> what a bellend. Can we talk about Republic of Ireland instead? <laughs> Let's do it. Well, Christian Eriksson will talk about it, shall we, Jesse? <gasps> I mean, I'm Can always happy that? to talk about Christian Eriksson. Shut your... He... Yeah. Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> what was your favourite goal of those three? 
All of them. Do you remember them individually? <laughs> I remember them individually, but also I remember all of Christian Erickson's goals <laughs> as things of beauty and joys to behold. I like the third one, um, the one where the defender sort of knocks it into his path and he sort of doesn't break stride <laughs> as he runs along and smashes it in. I mean, the thing about Christian Eriksen, and I do mean, I mean this, um, also I meant the other thing about things of beauty and joys about, but um, is he, I, I just think someone should make a new movie called Bend It Like Christian, but make a better title because he really, he has such control over his own center of gravity and the ball and I think those two things in combination mean that he is spectacular at dropped ball situations stop ball situations and also on the ghost and I think that he is I just hope nobody offers Poch lots and lots and lots of money to steal him away (laughs) like every time he scores a goal I get I'm excited but I'm also slightly nervous can I can I offer my Christian Erickson theory? Mm-hmm. Is it a good one? It is the inverse of the referee theory. He's yes, he's, he's very he's good. good. He's, yes, he's very good. <laughs> Justin, I really and like how your theory is really simple. I love that. I, know, I live in a black and white. Like, yeah, he's, that's because you live in the South. But bam, um, he's not. Um, he's the opposite of Zlatan. You know, he gets the job done and he integrates so seamlessly into both teams are you in the south in north carolina yeah that's oh yeah definitely the south very you much below so. the mason dixon are you yes okay yes. um martin o'neill is he tactically behind the times is he uh he got a bit teasy with the post-match interviewer and walked off at some point one point uh, that's what you get for hanging about roy keen too much <laughs> <laughs> the unabomber i'm i'm stuck on that with roy keen and his new bearded look there's nothing wrong with a beard. <laughs> uh, and there was Greece, nil Croatia, nil Croatia progressed 4-1 on aggregate. I, I forgot to write down the African teams. Um, so, unfortunately, I can't remember who did and didn't go through from their final games. Can I, think... I ask a Croatia question? Because I should have looked this up and, and I don't went know. Through. They did. And Herve Renard, well, he went through, didn't he? He's the Morocco coach, isn't he? I just know in Africa, all I know is Senegal because I watch the game. <laughs> is he the, is Chris, he, he's the beautiful one, isn't he, Chris? He is. He's the one that won the um, Cup of Nations with Zambia. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, he is a, a striking figure on the touchline. He is. <laughs> As former Cambridge United managers go, he's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you put him next to John Beck. Well, yeah. That's not fair. Um, <laughs> can I ask a Croatia question that hopefully someone will know the answer to? Mm-hmm. Um. Since, like, everyone in Croatia is being investigated for the, um, you know, financial... Um, Banter. What do you call that? No, it's, like, not white-collar crap. Um, Modric's old agent who also managed everyone, Dejan Lovren, and who um, was taking money, this whole thing. This, mm-hmm. Yes? So if... And, and Modric... Um, uh, testified and then perjured himself, and they also called Lover. And is there going to is that going to affect who gets to play on the squad? Like, is that going to affect? Well, how, hopefully, Lovren's ban extends to club football as well. <laughs> <laughs> what what does that? What what happens there? FIFA will um, appoint the judge in the Croatian court. So will that? Who does that? FIFA again. What happens? 
with that? Nothing. I, I, I don't think anything would happen. I think okay. it's probably what's going to happen. Okay. It has to play in a tag like Jermaine Pennant. Well, <laughs> I'm tweeting about, you know, Russia, um, Russia, the, the HRC, I think, somebody um, wasn't cleared for the Olympics, but it, nothing was mentioned about the World Cup, which I found slightly strange. Hmm. Also. I can't imagine they wouldn't. They'd find a way. Right? They always do. Do you remember Martin Johnson, <laughs> the rugby player, Ryan? From Market Harbour, no less. Yeah, I think it, yes. Uh, he had a ban before the Six Nations once um, for punching an opponent. And he had a six-weeks ban, which coincidentally um, ended the day before the Six Nations tournament started. So they'll always find a way around these things. Yeah, weird that. Yeah. Aren't you supposed to punch people in rugby? Isn't that like an official move? kind of if you get caught it's not very good <laughs> it's okay to do it just don't get caught I think is, what, ah. is what's being said there yeah that, uh, sorry, sorry. that extends to a lot of shit that we know about <laughs> yeah everything's alright just don't get caught Market Harbour Ryan how's that looking at the minute how's that what how's Market Harbour looking at the minute it's quite good yeah, yeah. I go to Market Harbour quite a bit yeah oh, I, miss, yeah. I miss places like that very weird thing to talk about on a pod on the podcast. No, I know. I just, live, mean, but, you know. I just mentioned Market Harbour, and I got a bit homesick then. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> you should go up and visit Ryan, have a date. Oh, I should do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not in Market Harbour, but I can get to Market Harbour. That's okay. Yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? We get to Whitley yeah, Park for the day. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh. <laughs> Post some pictures on the Instagram. We should do that. The, the Instagram. <laughs> the Instagram. Uh, who saw Milo Jednak scored a hat-trick for Australia versus Honduras? I didn't see the goals, but I saw he scored a hat-trick. Uh, well, one was a penalty and two were free kicks. So I, would, I would imagine that um, Honduras kind of threw this away a little bit, didn't they? I don't know if it's throwing it away. I think they... I don't know what's that called. Like, saving your energy, knowing what you don't need to do. Yeah. Oh, that's... What's that? Dogs Someone getting eaten by a, by a dog? Yeah, Justin's <laughs> cries. <laughs> that's Justin, actually the small how one. How big is that spider? That's the small one harassing the pit bull. What kind of dog is the small one? The small one is a whippet corgi mix. Oh, what does that look like? Uh, just adorable. I'll tweet a picture. Yes. But, um, and, and Bryce and his slabs of muscle are, are no match for her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's about attitude. Hey, uh, who would like to hear the countries that Australia visited during the course of this World Cup qualifying? I'd love to, Chris. They visited Jordan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Bangladesh, Japan, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Thailand, Iraq, uh, Malaysia for their game against uh, Syria, and then Honduras. Um, considering the fact that they have players playing for them from the UK, Israel, Turkey, Korea, Japan flying to Australia and then flying to away fixtures as well. That's a hell of a lot of commuting, isn't it? And I know South American players do something similar, but it must take a, an awful toll on the players. And you think they've got club football this weekend as well. Do you think they had wished they had stayed in the Oceania um, group and not joined Asia? Yeah, I mean, my yes, you're right. My sympathy for them is sort of extended to a point. But, you, you know, even for the home games, you've still got to go from one side of the world to the other, haven't you? Yeah, that's true. Is it not just part and parcel of a game now? You know, you, you expect it. You know, you, you look at the South American qualifiers down here. For example, Brazil, for the likes of my club has Coutinho and Firmino. 
Um, you know, they, they come down, their first base is at Rio. Every time they come down, you know, you're talking about 11 hours flight. Okay, yes, they're on a private jet. They probably get to stretch out. It's not like your eye going. Um, probably nothing like that for the players. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you have times where you, you, you fly up to Colombia. You know, you're talking another five, six hours, maybe more on a plane to get up to there. You know, back down again then for, for, for the next game. Um, you know, you're maybe, you're maybe up here in the northeast. It's another four hours again from Rio from there. And then, you know, you're 11 hours home. And in the space over a couple of weeks, you know yourself, um, you go on a long haul flight. It takes you a couple of days to get that grogginess out of you, um, regardless of, of how much space or whatever you have on a plane. Flying just does take it out of you. Well, if um, you're country hopping in South America, though, there's no time difference, right? Like if you're going from, you know, when Uruguay played Argentina, well, that's that's just a country hop. But if when Uruguay played um, um, Paraguay, Yes, it's a flight, but there's no time difference to get accustomed to. And when Australia is playing Honduras, that's like a giant flight, and also a what? What is that? Like twelve hours. The other yeah, thing on top I, of that with, I... with club football this weekend, you've got the early game in the Premier League is the North London derby. You've got Monaco playing on Friday night in Ligue 1. It's it is a lot to ask of people, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, I think fundamentally the problem is too many places are are too far away from each other. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, and I have no solution. <laughs> I mean, some people think the Earth is flat, so if we go with that theory, it's fine. Just my auntie used to I, think I, the I'm world is flat. Quite envious of the of the uh, players in in the Argentina La Primera, where I think twelve of the sides are based in and around Buenos Aires. There's very very little travel in that league. That's Uruguay, must... also. I mean, yeah, all true, but true. Three right. Everything from Montevideo. Yeah. Take a bus. My yeah. auntie used to think the world is flat. And she thought the moon landings were fake because no one had ever taken her up into space, so she couldn't see the curve of the Earth with her own eyes, and she'd never see the moon with her own eyes. I would love to not believe in things I can't see. Spiders? No. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honduras were a little bit upset with this because there were a few things they thought was going on. Um, They thought that, uh, or George Luis Pinto, their coach, claimed that uh, the Australian team flew a drone over the Honduran training pitch and Australian journalists were feeding information to the Australian camp um, through open training sessions. Uh, How do you think this Australian team is going to get on? Because a lot of people talk about the 2006 golden generation, don't they, with the Lucas Neils and... um, people such as that. But I'm trying to think of more players. Harry Kills and... Sorry? Who else? Harry Kiel, Mark Viduka. Okay. Mark Viduka, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, those sorts of players. Um, you still got that guy played for Leeds. Yeah, the big, yeah, the Jamie Oliver lookalike. <laughs> um, you've still got Tim Cahill knocking around, but you've got Aaron Moy, uh, and you've got a few others there as well. Not quite the same, but they're okay, aren't they? I think that they'll, they might maybe pick up a, a point or so. Yeah. Um, and the other playoff between. Uh, teams from that end of the world playing the teams from the other end of the world is Peru 2, New Zealand 0. Um, Jefferson Farfan and Ramos scoring for uh, for Peru as they won 2-0. Uh, Peru hit the bar as early as the third minute. They looked really up for this game, didn't they? They uh, Their goal first goal came from a very, very fast break. It's the first World Cup since 1982. Um, who saw what lengths the Peruvians went to? to distract their <laughs> opponents. Oh. The, the 3am fireworks outside the New Zealand hotel. Yeah, the, Australia, the Australians got off lightly <laughs> compared to what the New Zealanders got. Oh yes, Australia did have a reason to complain, but compared to what the New Zealanders... And 
the problem with it is, you know, yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's whatever. But as Jesse will te- be testament to, that's the way of the world down here. That's not really considered cheating. Um, you know, not only is it are... not considered cheating, but half the time that I am down there, that just happens anyway. Yes, like, I am not a professional look. football player, but, like, sometimes... I don't sleep the entire time I'm down there because somebody's like shooting out fireworks at three o'clock in the fucking morning. And no one's yes, trying to wake me up. Corinthians won the league in Brazil here during the week, and I mean, the fireworks went on in my street the whole night. The whole night. It's not. It's now uh, the jet fighters at five a.m. <laughs> yes. Flying <laughs> low. Now that, 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 that and, and you know the the bus taking the, the very very scenic route <laughs> to the stadium. And, Thing, you know, but that is that's just a normal day at the office there's nothing to see here it's it's you know it's their sense of fair play even though it's nowhere near fair um i think what wasn't fair was the i mean here dave is where you can go into the referee i chris i sent you a message like oh god i hope this guy is an uruguayan and thank goodness he wasn't because that was i mean this man should just consider another career path. That was a well, I, I think the New Zealanders should consider themselves lucky that they were they got Peru because had, had, had they been playing a playoff in Brazil, um, they the would have thrown them off the Maracana. That was no Peru are advanced and have jet fighters. We have propeller planes. You know, <laughs> quake at the might of the, the Brazilian Air Force, and they take a remarkable, a remarkable amount of time to pass over your house. <laughs> um, and <laughs> they are a lot louder. You know, at least you you know, get the jets going, boom, and it's gone. No, no, this goes on for about 10 minutes. So be thankful for small mercies. It could have been Brazil. But and I they, think that left was, I mean, that game, there were so many great or, or talking points that were the, that was about the players, but really it's a shame that a big takeaway was how terrible the, the refereeing was, at least for me. Would anyone like to hear an 11 that uh, are not going to the World Cup? Oh, yeah, start with the USA, because I just find that funny. Well, this is a multi-nations team. So you've got Buffon in goal. This is 4-3-3. Then you've got Valencia, Bonucci, Chiellini, Alaba. Uh, then Vidal, Pjanic, Hamzik, uh, Robin, Aubameyang, and Bale. Um, oh. Yeah. You, you said because there's no US players in there? Or was there... Uh, I didn't catch No, I think that's great. I, yeah, I mean, who well, are you going to put... Oh, there's Pulisic. Did I miss Alexi Sanchez in oh, there? Well, there you go. There's Alexi Sanchez, there's Edin Dzeko, there's Pulisic, uh, Verratti, Mkhitaryan. I mean, if these players all got together and went as yeah. like a best of the rest, they'd do pretty well, wouldn't they? You'd be a best of favourites, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might be busy. Would you put Sanchez in there the way he's been playing? Sorry, Adam, don't listen, but I don't know if I would. <laughs> if they'd do okay, wouldn't they, that group of players, if they went to a World Cup? They would, yeah. They'd fight. They they'd, have would as well. they'd have to go to therapy first. <laughs> right, before we come to the Premier League, we're going to do some weekend games around and about. In La Liga, uh, it is 43rd in the Madrid derby. Uh, both are eight points behind Barcelona as we speak. And the Bundesliga, Stuttgart versus Dortmund. Um, Aubameyang, the aforementioned Aubameyang, has been dropped to turning up late for training, which he said he is quote-unquote baffled. Um, Ryan, tomorrow night, BT Sport. Uh, Serie A has got the Rome derby and then it's got Napoli versus Milan ooh yeah that'll be good it will be good Sampdoria versus Juventus and also Buenavento versus Sassuolo now Buenavento have played 12 in Serie A and lost 12 
Uh, they equal with um, Manchester United of all teams to play the first 12 games at the start of the season and lost them all. So if they lose to Sassuolo, then they are record holders. Now, what do you do? Do you try and win or do you go for the record? Go for the record. Good man. <laughs> uh, in Ligue 1, it's PSG versus Claudio Ranieri as they uh, take on Nantes. Now, Dave, Neymar crying. Nothing to see, really. You know, I, I don't know. It's like this guy is. It's oh, it, the, the more it goes on, Chris. You know, the news in Brazil here would suggest that he's angling for a move to Real Madrid. Um, I've heard it on two different um, sports channels here that that is the the underlying thing that he's made the mistake. Um, Cavani doesn't like him. I'm on Cavani's side, totally a hundred percent. I know Jesse, um, but <laughs> the, I see a problem. I would rather see Neymar from a selfish point of view of the national team here. I would rather see Neymar in a structured environment. Uh, when you let Neymar be the man, um, like Dunga did uh, in the years of our in the period before Cheech in, in, in the qualifying period where we were actually talking about and looking at the possibility of Brazil not making the World Cup under Dunga. Um, Neymar had free license. I, I was at the game uh, against Uruguay and Recife uh, uh, last year. And, you know, there was times that Neymar was getting the ball on the edge of his own box. There was no, there was no rigidity of his position. You know, uh, he had a role at, at Barcelona. Um, he, his role was just wherever he wanted to be. And, and I think to get the best out of him. Now, I'm starting to see that creeping in. I've seen quite a few of the, the PSG games because they're all over my television here. Neymar's playing. And uh, I, I see the trait starting to sneak back in again. Um, the, you know, under the Dunga era for Brazil, under Emery uh, at PSG. And I think it's in his contract he doesn't need to track back. And I find that, you know, you're trying to make a team. It, 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 goes, it defies the complete logic of the word team to say, well, Neymar doesn't have to track back. You know, you're, you're, making, you're making an exception on that. I can understand players like, like Cavani being upset about that. A man who, like Cavani will track back all day for you. Uh, he's a workhorse. And it, it just it breaks up that team ethic, in my opinion. And I think that there's more to all of this than meets the eye. And certainly, you know, like, don't get me wrong, this country's emotionally incontinent at the best of times. You know, seeing a man cry here is, is no big deal. Um, so Neymar cries. That's not uh, emotionally incompetent. That's a good... Okay, later we'll have another talk about men and emotions. It is, it is, it is emotion. Look, I I sit here at night and my neighbour sits across singing his heart out to a song called Men Don't Cry and the tears run down his face wailing and screaming. That is, it's emotional incontinence in this country. Uh, So I I don't read too much into the tears, but it it was a show for something. There was, there was, in my opinion, and and certainly where Neymar Sr. is concerned, there's always an ulterior motive. He's funded his son at, at Madrid, and I think that this was a roundabout way of doing that. And that, that's my opinion, and I think this is a, a big show, what you're seeing at the moment. Jesse, can men cry? Anytime they want. How's that? Was that the right answer? Yeah, I was, I was thinking something else to say to you, but I'm not going to. Um... Do it. <laughs> Do it. Bring it on. All right. Are you more likely to sleep them if they cry? Oh, like when I'm sleeping with them Ooh. in the moment. Well, if they're crying, that's a bad sign. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is a really bad sign. Because then, what am I doing? That's a little. Yeah. Well, this conversation took even more of a turn than I was expecting it to. Wow. Yeah. Should we get back no, to the A League? 
<laughs> yeah, the alien. Yeah. No. Don't you, you let Jesse answer the question? How's that? Hey. Now let's talk about Ryan in Australia. <laughs> uh, I didn't actually hear the answer. What did you say? I said people should be in touch with whatever feelings they have and not feel ashamed. That's true. That's true. Listen, kids. It's a um, diplomatic answer, though. <laughs> I feel like it's not the real answer you'd give in a normal scenario, Jesse. That's absolutely the right. Plus, I'm Uruguayan. I mean, people cry at football games. We're too I'm British. For... Incontinent. Yeah, we're... <laughs> we're too British for this, aren't we, Ryan and uh, oh, Dave? <laughs> uh, right, the A League. Quickly, uh, Newcastle Jets versus Sydney FC. Uh, that is first versus third. Um, both looking to capitalise after second place Melbourne City lost three one to Brisbane Raw, and uh, it is Perth versus Melbourne Victory, who are bottom. Melbourne Victory got to the grand final last year, Ryan, uh, and they have won three grand finals in their time. I've not started very well this year. Uh, long journeys in football. None may have more than CSK and Moscow this weekend as they head to, right, um, Scar Kabarovsk. Has anybody heard of that? No. It sounds like a band. <laughs> like a... <laughs> uh, it's on the Chinese border, not too far from North Korea. Uh, it is an 8,424-kilometer journey by car, if you're a Seska fan wishing to make that journey. Um, it will be minus Sco- eight... Cooler heads. Cooler heads really should prevail there. Okay, shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, That's point. Sorry? That's totally pointless to play that match. They should all agree, just don't play. Well, there's a, t- a team called Luch Energia uh, who are further out. They're on the island just past Vladivostok. And I wrote an article on them once because um, Igor Akinfeev said that they should be playing in the J-League in Japan rather than the Russian Premier League because there was a danger of them getting to the Europa League at one point. So there was. I have nothing to say to that. No. Um, it'll be minus 18 in Russia tomorrow when these two teams kick off, and it'll feel like minus 25. Now, I drew a line from Moscow to uh, Khabarovsk, and the same line uh, from London would get you to uh, Brazil, the Midwest of the United States, uh, Botswana, and China. So it's a long way. See, that's far too, that's far, too far. Yes. <laughs> but the, 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 the distance is those... Uh, Russian teams travel uh, like it's immense. It is absolutely. Uh, we used to have a, a Russian pod across on on uh, World Football Index, and we, we discussed the distances covered. And like I consider Brazil big. No, it, it's 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 tiny by comparison to the distances they cover. Well, if you think um, of you're the talking number... about an international break every week. If yeah, if you think about the number of Moscow teams, this poor Kobros team are going to have to go visit this year for their away fixtures. It's enormous, isn't it? It's, they should just go well, for a month and, and stay that entire month and play all the Moscow fixtures. Yeah, but quite seriously, you're into those. You know, we we discussed those flights for international break, and and you're into those for 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 one fixture. You know, backward and forward, and it, it can't be good. It, it can't be good. It must be detrimental to the league. One would think. Um, you know, albeit occasional games, but even at that, if you're flying for maybe ten hours, I think was 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 a good flight. From from Moscow to the furthest uh, or top team in, in Russia, that's that's a that's a journey, though. Mm. Did I hear you write once in one of your pods saying you live closer to Portugal than you do Rio? Yeah, right. I certainly live a lot closer to Africa than I do do to Rio. Uh, if if you take the very very southern tip of Portugal, it, it's negligible. Certainly, the south of the country anyway. It, it's like 
six and a half hours to Lisbon from 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 here, and uh, it's five hours to Sao Paulo. <laughs> so it gives you an idea. Uh, for, for if you want to go Rio Grande do Sul, uh, right down the bottom towards uh, the border with Uruguay, uh, you're in the sort of you're, you're into to European travel. Ryan, do you live closer to um, Portugal than to Rio? Yes. Uh, it's not something I've normally thought about, to be honest with you. But you know, <laughs> right? Should we talk about the Premier League then? Yeah. Early kickoff tomorrow is the William Gallas or the Pat Jennings derby: Arsenal versus Spurs. Team news is uh, Olivier Giroud uh, and Mustafi Doubt. But for Spurs, Kane, Ali, Harry Winks, um, and Larice are all back. Uh, Jesse, is there anything you'd like to say yes. about this fixture? Um, you're you're definitely going to win, aren't you? Saying nothing can go wrong now. Shush. I will say that I believe that Giroud is out because of a grooming injury. There was a bit of a mustache-to-beard ratio problem. He's working on it. We wish him well. Um, What's got more? Has he got more mustache or more beard? More beard. You know that's a problem. That's like Michael Evis. The guy <laughs> it's an issue. Um, and I never say things are going to go well, so sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And I hope that Harry Kane has a smooth transition back and he doesn't re-injure anything. But Spurs are unbeaten in six versus Arsenal. Chris, stop! Stop it! <laughs> He's just presenting the facts, Jesse. Stop! Yeah, alternative facts. <laughs> okay. Fake news, um, Tottenham have lost every game. No, they haven't, though. <laughs> wait, wait, Justin, what did we think of our baby Argentinian third goalie? Uh, Marquisen, we we is that who you referring to? Yeah, we didn't like him one bit. I mean, that was that was a that was an interesting first six minutes. Yeah, there's um, well, maybe that's that's a, a pod for another time as we get closer to the World Cup. But Argentina and their goalkeeping situation, it's it's very Not very good. very unclear. Hashtag Argentina Zarif. in general, I think, is very, very unclear. Well, yes, that's, that's fair. That's certainly fair, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, for one, I'm glad that Larissa's is back. Um, but I also hope this isn't one of those, like, oh, crap, everyone's back, and, like, we don't know what to do with everyone being back situations. Um, Harry Kane's got five goals in this fixture. Only two players have got more. Anyone like to hazard a guess? In, in this You mean fixture. in the North London Derby? Yeah. Forever? Let's go Premier League gear. Oh, Premier League gear. Yeah, let's go Premier League gear. Bale? No. Sorry? Burkamp? No. One was an Arsenal player, one crossed the divide. Oh. Crossed the divide. Premier League gear. Uh, This is tough. Not Walter. Adebayor and Pires. Oh, Adebayor. Oh, Pires. I blocked him out of my memory. Never got yeah. Pires. Um, this was 1-1 last season. Jesse, what's the score going to be? Oh, stop. 2-0 uh, to Tottenham okay. easily, isn't it? No, no. I actually easy. easy. I think, I think <laughs> that's really conservative, Chris. You know, like, <laughs> I would have gone four. It's not, it's not March. The favorite. collapse won't happen yet. <laughs> Justin, I'm so glad you're here. You're such a nice man. Um... No, I think this is going to be like a like a one nothing late goal from Arsenal, and I'm going to be sad and tweet miserable things at all of you. Justin, cheer her up. Um, I, I, I'm, I, 
I understand why she's not as optimistic as she might be. I think there's a gap between the sides, but on the day, Arsenal still have some dangerous stacking players. I, I, I still I, I see Spurs nicking it by a goal. They lost 3-1 to Manchester City, Arsenal, didn't they, last time out? Yes, they did. They didn't play half bad, but City are a different proposition. Okay. Uh, West Brom versus Chelsea in the Romelu Lukaku derby. Um, Tony Pulis came, he's been a victim of his own success. Uh, this is the same Ooh. Tony Pulis who's had zero wins in the Premier League since August. <laughs> that's like <laughs> saying, Pulis that's like all these actors the saying, like, I can't <laughs> that because I'm too beautiful. That's it. That's yeah, it's, it's not good, is it? I've written a question down for you guys here. Um, the question is, what are West Brom for? Uh, laughs. Okay. What do you? I don't even understand the question. <laughs> because, yeah, well, they're never going to go down, and they're never going to finish in the Europa ah. League spot. So why are they're they here? Other teams. They they exist. Play West Brom. Fixture schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's, that's, that's it. it. Is it to pad the league out? The, they, the teams like West Brom allow there to be a league. Yeah. So there there, uh, there is some point in them. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Dave, do you want to talk about James McLean and Poppies like you did last year? <laughs> We're past no, that. Oh, I like that, that I, I, no, one. let me just say this: <laughs> I am delighted he's not going to be there stinking up the World Cup. That's that's, that's it. Over finished. Fair enough. <laughs> Who's that's uh, it? Chadley and James Morrison are out. Uh, Gary Cahill and possibly Danny Drinkwater are back. Um, mm. Who saw Michi Batshuayi get outed on Twitter as being gay? Wait, what? Uh, Wait, someone outed him? Somebody outed him. Hang on. Oh, wow. Let me just have a look to see who it was. I, I'm trying to figure out if it's a Mickey Take account or not. I am not sure if it is. That's um, not fair. Don't do that to people. Let them come out on their own. And if he's not gay, then, I mean, that's just silly. I mean, he's uh, injured. A Twitter account called... What? He's what, Ryan? He, he's injured for five games. But... I mean, injured and gay are two different situations. No, no, but, but <laughs> basically... Oh, One lands itself to the other? Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, an account an account said that he was he was he he's set to become the openly gay footballer and then he tweeted back Bro, even your mother knows that's false with monkey covering his eyes emoji. Okay, so This is at the Chelsea Daily Twitter account. <sighs> yeah, I don't I assume even your monkey your monkey fuck, <laughs> even your mum whatever he tweeted back means like banter I slept your mom, is that the I think it's about to just lives on Twitter. I think here's my like, sorry for taking this to another place issue with all of this. One is let people deal with their sexuality in their own space and time. But two is coming back at it in that situation makes it even more unsafe and uncomfortable for anyone who is considering coming out because it makes it sound like there's a problem with coming out and it needs to be dealt with in this like super bro-y like fuck you I fucked your mom like we're <laughs> on the playground way and that's a problem like but if you were gay you wouldn't be attracted to them. Uh, wait no <laughs> sorry, sorry to be pedantic but just, just something jumped into my head that is no that's true but what I'm saying is like by <laughs> look he could just say like hey man not gay if he's not, <laughs> make this difficult for Jesse. <laughs> oh, I, it's just, I feel like it is, like, I'm thinking about Robbie Rogers when he came out and all the shit that he had to deal with, but also players like Freddie Lundberg who dealt with, you know, rumors and like people 
coming out for him for years. And when he came to Seattle, it was like, oh, I saw him in a gay bar. And the man, like, basically spent his life in hiding in Seattle. And that's not fair. You should be able to, like, live your life and be who you are. And you shouldn't have to be ashamed or embarrassed and, like, clap back at anybody. And him clapping back like that makes somebody else feel like their sexuality is something to be, like, stifled or embarrassed. Does that make any sense? Did I just, like, get on a It does. It does, Jesse. And I I agree with you. But Batshuayi and... First of all, he's a young fella. He's he's probably not done with his emotional development. And then he, you know, different. It's it, uh, unfortunately there are some cultures where it's still seen as shameful and wrong, and yeah. and the, and they will be very quick to defend themselves against accusations. Uh, you know that uh, that they feel are a slander, which um, I I I accept your position on it, which it shouldn't be seen that way, but. Um, young guy in a in a in a football dressing room. Um, unfortunately, that, that his his clap back like that doesn't really surprise me. This got very serious very quick. I'll, I'll just I think, say, I think Chelsea. Got, I think Chelsea's going to beat West Brom. I mean, that's yeah. Yes, I agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, let's move on to the Gabriel Obertan derby instead. Ryan, this is the BT Sport game: Manchester United versus Newcastle. Um, Ibrahimovic and Paul Pogba could be back for this one. Rafa could be the first manager to win at Old Trafford with three different Premier League clubs. Please, God. <laughs> right, R- Ryan, you've got two Liverpool fans on this podcast. What do you call Rafa Benitez? Well, I don't, I don't have a special name for you him. Do. Just, you do. You do. Do I? You do. I don't personally. You call him Pudding. No. Pudding? You I've, call him... I've got, you know... Is it fat Spanish waiter? It is. That's Chelsea fans, right? I've got Guardiola's Fraudiola. That's what I call him. But Benitez, I just don't like him, right? Why? You don't like Guardiola. Oh, let's get this. We'll we'll get into that in a minute. It's fine. Wait, do you have a a good, bad nickname for uh, Mourinho? Oh, he's just... (laughs) That's brilliant, actually. I might have to steal that one. Uh, No, Mourinho is just the the worst man in football. Oh, good. I like that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Did you think that when he won you those three titles? And let me guess. Oh, did I think that about Benitez when he won us the Europa League? Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Romelu Lukaku this week became Belgium's all-time leading goalscorer at the age of 24. That either says an awful lot about him or doesn't really say an awful lot about Belgian football. I think it speaks volumes about Belgian football. (laughs) But I think Belgian football has only really been sort of seen as you know really exciting and everything over the past like maybe eight years probably at that most i mean you know you've seen all this these influx of of belgian talent coming into the so the premier league um there was a a spell you wouldn't remember there was a spell in the the early 80s when they were quite a useful side there was nico clausen enzo shifo enzo shifo that's who i was trying to think of as well yeah they, they were half decent at one time well, and they were fixed during the World Cups, and, and but but yeah, it's only recently they've had players of of this stature. Yeah, uh, Manchester United are unbeaten in twenty two Old Trafford, um, and they've won their last six there in conceding zero goals. Um, and Romelu Lukaku, aforementioned, uh, five goals and four assists in eight versus Newcastle. So, can anyone see Rafa getting this? 
um, win? Yeah, no. No? <laughs> I, I'm actually... Well, I can't see him getting a win, but I can, I can see it probably maybe a draw. Is this going to be the most negative Premier League game of the season? I don't know. I mean, normally if you put two buses up against each other, it would be quite entertaining. But <laughs> yeah, this know, is not a match. This is a Man United. Have they? What's their highest scoring game this season? Does anybody know? Four nil. Well, they scored as four goals multiple times. Right. But yeah. I mean, I think it's only against the the the, the top four or six that Mourinho's played a very different style of ball, yeah. which is interesting. Right. In the four nils, I think a lot of those goals came in the last 15, 20 minutes, though, didn't they? It's true. Yeah, no, they, 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 so there were some tight games early in the season where they ran two or three goals in in the last six, eight minutes for whatever reason. So we're all going for United here, are we? I'm going for a draw. Uh, for a draw? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but, next but, up... Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at you. Me? Because if anybody can do it, Rafa Benita a plan. You should know that. Nah. <laughs> no, I do. I love the man. But yeah, I that's. To... I, I would like. I would like Liverpool fans to explain that to me. What's that? that the... I'll explain it very simply. The... Very very simply. When we went into Europe against teams that we should not have been beating, Rafa always had a plan. We never worried. Like you know, we, Champions League, you're biting your finger. You never worried under Benitez. You knew he had a plan. You knew. You and at least you knew you were. Yeah, ah, but, but I'm talking Champions League. You know, yeah. it's, uh, for it's individual games, though. there's it's, no better man. I, I just, well, except for the better managers out there now. He's made me feel the happiest I've felt in football. The Champions League in 05, the, the FA Cup in 06, the 4 0 against Real Madrid, remember that, Dave? They are so, they're fantastic I, I games. Get yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, remember the 2 1 against Juventus as well. Uh, they make you feel uh, great, those, those sort of moments. And he's, he's given me perhaps my happiest times as a Liverpool fan. I would agree with you on that, and I'm I'm a bit older than you, Chris, and I've seen the league titles and I've seen all the European cups. But 2005 to me was special yeah. because we had no right. You know, back back in the, the 70s, 80s, we had a right to be there. And 2005, we had no right. But the the quality of the manager, I believe, was the difference. Yeah, definitely. I can remember from 86 onwards winning the Stamford Bridge with Dalglish. I remember from then onwards. So I don't remember 84 or anything before that, but. Uh, I remember when we used to go to Stamford Bridge and it was just three points. Like that's all it was, or two points as it used to be. There was more points than cars part there, wasn't there? But it was, um, yeah. The, the way he made you, the, the way he made us feel those that Champions League win, and then a couple of other times afterwards. It's just what football is all about: is making you feel happy and feeling absolutely amazing. And the only other time I felt that was when Hulier was there in '01 when we won those three trophies, the Scouse treble. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I always, I always allow for a certain romanticism from from Liverpool supporters. <laughs> Doesn't always jive with, but, you know. But I remember the Paisley days, and you know, th- those were wonderful. Th- those those European Cups were wonderful. But you went into them sort of, you know, you you were in the ascendancy. The Rafa Benitez time, we were not in the ascendancy. We should, like, come on, we had Igor Bishkan in a Champions League final, Jimmy yeah, Traore in a Champions League final, Harry Kuehl, fucking sick Newton, a Champions League final, and we won it. And we were three 0 down and said, "Fine, like it, it's it's legendary stuff. It's legendary." Well, we, we had Ryan Bertrand in in our Champions League final, so you, you know, that's that. I, Ryan Bertrand I, I, played I, for England the other day. Uh, this is Igor Biscam we're on about. Yeah, right. No, we it's, had Goose really He was a you know Uruguayan. Oh. <laughs> so there. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, back to the aforementioned Liverpool. This is the direct debit derby: Liverpool versus Southampton. Um, 
Side <laughs> Team we built. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Chris. Say it's going to be great and you're going to win and nothing bad is going to happen. Do it. Should we say it, Dave? Come on. After three, we'll say nothing can go wrong now. Well, it depends if Dejan's playing or not. Really, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's it all not been comes though, down to the Lovren question. Well, this is the question, and, and, and certainly from snippets of information that I'm getting, it would suggest that he may start, and, well, we all know where that's going to end. Um, I do feel sorry I, for I him think a little it, bit. Uh, from a human, on a human level, absolutely, I do, Chris. But from a professional footballer's level, he shouldn't be anywhere near that team again. No, um, you know, we, we've seen Klopp. Look, we saw we saw Klopp's ruthless streak with uh, Mourinho. We saw it displayed in in bright red lights with Sacco. Um, it's about time Lovren got the same treatment because he is just look. I'm sure Dejan Lovren is a really nice person, a fine human being. But as I say, as a professional footballer, at the level that we're expecting of him, he's not able to deliver on it and it's time to it's time to, to, to stop the folly I'd, I'd even go as far as putting young Gomez in there who played in the back three for England um, this week and didn't didn't let himself down and you know that was a that's a good Brazil side it was pretty much the full Brazil team out there and he held his own uh, I couldn't have seen Dejan Lovren doing the same thing and for that reason at this stage what, what's there to lose for in the league you know it's all about top four and You've got to you've got to take a look at these things, and when things are not going well at the back, they may be going well up front. Um, I'm I'm still loads of questions over the midfield, loads and loads of questions over the midfield. Although I think Lallana's back for this this fixture, which might make a difference. I'm no fan of Henderson; he's not fit for purpose. Not a Liverpool player, never has been, never will be. Um, so it just depends on the formation. It just depends on the the selection. But Klopp is very very loyal to players. Um, and, and that loyalty is, is, is as strong as a stubbornness the other direction whenever he doesn't like them. We are a seven, month, uh, we're seven months away from an Emre Chan contract expiry as well. And that's another story. That is that, that's another story. And, you know, okay, people, so we do a Liverpool pod and, and you guys are saying, well, we only paid 10 million for him, let him go. No. If, if, he's that, if he's that determined to leave and he's not going to sign, why play him? He's our you best player. I mean, why? I'd, I'd have him as captain ahead of Henderson and give him a brand new contract. Well, if that was if that is what's needed, I, I would I, put, I guess I would put the Anfield cap on the armband as opposed to Jordan Henderson. <laughs> like he stands there in that field, he, he passes like a crab, everything sideways, looks like he swallowed a ball cock. You know, expressionless leader, leader. And then, Wait, what? <laughs> your vice captain, oh, James the, Milner. You know, another inspiring creature. No, 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 no. Like th- th- that. My beef with Liverpool comes around lack of leadership. I don't think plumbing um, terminology you know, you... is the same in America as it is in uh, the UK. <laughs> well, well, look I it don't up. think that's what that is here, and a, I'm not going to Google that. A ball yeah, cock. Sorry, not. <laughs> no, it goes in not your ball co- It's the flotation no, device in, in, the, in the cistern of your toilet that stops the water. There's a ball on the end of it. It's a ball cock. It's a mechanism. <laughs> Stops your toilet overflowing. Oh, that's called. Jesse, what would you what would you call it then? Like, what what is that in America? <laughs> Jesse's lost it. What's it called, Justin? I don't know. It can't be called that. I haven't. I, I've never what heard it's called that. It's the sort of long thing on the stick with the ball on the end. But when you flush your toilet, it sort of it's that acts as a sort of um, flotation device that stops your toilet overflow. Just keep saying it, Chris. She'll not recover. Ball she's, she's gone here. <laughs> Ryan, is, your, is, you, is yours a big ball cock? <laughs> what colour is no. it? Is it red? 
I, I don't actually know. Have I checked? No, have I. What's the next? What's the next match? Liverpool are going to win then. Let's move on. Okay, Not thinking yeah. wrong now, Dave. T- title of the podcast is set in stone. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> I'm going to Google what it's called. Did, did, did the last podcast we did not end the same way with jesse very uh it, yeah it did it's about a common it, theme it is a common theme even with, anytime i've worked with her it's a common theme well last time it was ghosts whacking off wasn't it yes no. it was i still don't understand why that happened it wasn't ghosting it was ghost watching i was ghost watching you whack off wasn't it yeah no. someone sent a tweet out on halloween day saying imagine how many ghosts have seen you pull yourself off <laughs> I Seems a reasonable And we had to explain what pull yourself off meant to Jesse. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, I think we may have been American. too subtle. American yeah. our explanation, too. Yeah. It's called a tank ball. It's amazing we speak the same language, but we speak so differently. Alternatively, it's called a to- toilet flapper. Toilet flapper? Oh, no, ball cock's much better. Toilet flapper! Next time you go to your DIY store, the broken toilet, you've got to ask for a ball cock and keep a straight face. I wouldn't be giving good odds on that. It has so many names. That's not one of them. Float valve, ball tap. (laughs) You guys are all making this up. No, it's true. Ball ball cock. No. Mine's enormous. I I feel a twin pole thing on here. (laughs) <laughs> we'll have oh, a Twitter no. poll on this. If you look up familyhandyman.com, it says, if you're, oh God, this is awful. Ryan, you have to edit all this out. It says, if your valve has a ball that floats at the end of your rod, <laughs> gently lift your rod and lift it to it. It's like homeschooling sex ed. Jesse's been possessed by the ghost of St. James. Yeah, this this woman teaches teaches very small children. This is ah oh God. Should we talk about Leicester Man City? Yeah, in the Danny Tiato derby. Um, Jamie Vardy scored a hat trick in this game last season, didn't they? City won four two. I think it was four one four two. That was last season. <laughs> I can't yeah. see it happening again. No, no. Um, well, Otto Mendy, you're a bit too good, yeah. Otto Mendy suspended. Who's done quite well this season? Vincent Company's in, um, but they've done okay, hasn't he? Vincent uh, as um, as Otto Mendy, Nicholas Otto Mendy. Aguero's there. Aguero must be the most amazing recovering person ever. He has cracked ribs in his back in two weeks, um, and he faints and is dizzy in his back available as well. Maybe he's pregnant. Maybe he is. It would be Maradona's thirty seventh <laughs> grandchild. Crikey, that's a busy ballcock. <laughs> uh, he scored in his last five Premier League matches. Um, are they going to struggle in this one, Justin? No, God. <laughs> no, Manchester City won't struggle. No, they're too good. It's a question of how many. Have they learned from? Uh, you, you uh, think, that's the way yeah. I see it. Who do you think Guardiola's yeah. learned from this, this fixture last season? Then, because he was properly outclassed, wasn't he? He's learned to get rid of his the outside backs he had last season. Yeah. <laughs> He's learned how to spend more money. Oh, 
for audio. Oh, Ryan, you'll never, yes, you'll never give him credit. They're, they're, uh, you need to start bracing yourself for what his side are going to win in the next couple seasons. We know yeah. they're going to win. Yeah. We just don't have to like that they're going to win. I Why not? <sighs> you should love it. You, you, you're very privileged to watch something like this. Okay. I, that I just feel sorry for. I, I feel sorry for the team that they don't have. You know, you imagine. I look at Liverpool, you know, they don't play to full houses, even in Europe. And, and you feel so sorry for that team because it deserves a big crowd behind it. And the style of football it's at the minute, it's, it's breathtaking. It's a joy to watch. It truly is a joy to watch. But um, it'll take, it, that will take time, Dave. I mean, I mean, they haven't earned it. You know, they, they don't have the history. Um, but the neutral... They do. That, that, that's, that's the thing. It, it, you know, I, I, City used to be a big team in the 70s and 80s. They were the team of Manchester. Um, and, and still, probably to this day, draw the greater support from the people of Manchester. Um, I, I, I struggle with it because I'd been at Main Road a few occasions. And the, the atmosphere in the crowd there was always great. And this new stadium, the fact that they can't fill it, uh, sell it out. And especially for, for you know, the top tier. Okay, the prices are ridiculous and so on. But the, the rest of the clubs that are in the Champions League don't have a struggle selling, selling, their, uh, selling their games out. I just don't, don't get why City are, are struggling like this because they are, regardless, I know, know that their troubles in 92,000 that were way down as far as the, the old third division and whatnot. But since they've come back, they, they are one of, one of the powerhouses of English football traditionally or historically. Yeah, I mean, I remember them. I'm perhaps older than you, Dave. I'm 51, so I remember the the, the Mike Summerby and all that. And they were a, a top side in the 70s, but they were not um, they were not European. Um, I mean, Manchester United's history in Europe through the 60s, particularly before Munich, um, and then the rebuilt side in the in the in the latter part of that decade. City don't have that. Um, and, and then even, you know, that perhaps paid a price for the English band, et cetera, in the eighties. But, but I, I agree with you that they are a traditionally big club, but if you're a supporter in Italy, Spain, Portugal, France, Belgium, Manchester city hasn't been a part of your, your football life until very recently. Now I'm surprised like you, that more people aren't turning out to see it right now, uh, because as you say, it is a joy to watch, but I think it just takes a few more appearances in the latter stages of the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the Champions League, for them to to have this sort of cachet that that they maybe don't quite yet have right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, I talked about those relegations there, Justin, as well. I think that was the late 90s. It certainly came up, I think they were back in 99. 99 was the um, Gillingham playoff final, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a magnificent playoff final. Which 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 uh, which was the relegation when the, the fella took the ball the corner flag? Ninety six. Ninety six, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Now that's a bit of history but, right there. Yes. So you know, in, in those in those years that the Premier League was really gaining momentum, you know, the the, the, the ball was gaining moss. Uh, City were away from it. So yeah, true. you know, cer- certainly the new audience of the US and the Asia and so on when when these games became televised, City weren't there. And in, in even the top six or the old top fours, it used to be, or, you know, the top end of the table, they wouldn't have been there. It was only from, from when, uh, I think it was the Thais took them over at that stage. Uh, the Thai government took them over and, and things changed and the money started coming in. And, and City then, but damn, it's taken them a while, to be honest with you. It's only now that you, you're really seeing, uh, you know, we were all, we'll never forget the Rabinho incident. Um, and, and, you know, things were quite funny at the time. But it's, it's now... They are a serious team, 
And as you have said with you, Justin, you may get used to them winning things because I can't see can't see anything other but anything other but success that Guardiola is going to bring them. Does anyone remember the last game um, Manchester City played before um, the new owners came in? No. They lost eight one to Middlesbrough. <laughs> so they've come a long way. Who was, um, that? was that Mark Hughes? Then no, that was um, Sven, and then Mark Hughes oh, oh, right, took over, right. didn't he? Yeah. Um, Watford West Ham did this week in the new managers. This is David Moyes' debut. Oh no! It'll be his. Oh, <laughs> we missed him. It'll be his 500th Premier League game, of which only three managers have managed more. Anyone want to hazard a guess? Ferguson, of course. Yeah. Uh, Wenger. Wenger. Yeah. Wenger, yeah. Ooh, I, I, uh, Tony Pulis? Nope. Harry Redknapp? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be one well, of those. Yeah. Yeah. Big Sam, yeah. yeah, would have been my next. Well done. Um, Chikorito's out for West Ham. Diapri Sacco and Winston Reed are back late for international duty. Um, West Ham have won one out of 13 away in the Premier League. Uh, are they going to have a new manager bounce? I don't actually think they will. I've been thinking about it, and I feel like Watford are a very, very good team anyway. Mm. I think they've had a good season so far, but I mean, David Moyes to me just doesn't drum up like the big lot of motivation to think. Right, let's get back up. Well, that's a what Stu Pearce for. Oh, I just want him to do all of his interviews in Spanish, and I would watch him all the time. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I would, like, How I would, would watch he everything say, just for that? How would he say um, Angel de Maria? I feel like it would, he would pronounce it like spaghetti marinara. Like it would just, it would be like how <laughs> Johan Cruyff spoke Spanish. Like it would just be like made up bullshit and I would be here for all of it. He'd have to say like Groundskeeper Willie or something. Yes, <laughs> yes. He would look around and he would be like, Chicharito, great. Your new name is Bedpost. Excellent. <laughs> Moving on. Well, Ryan, he's got uh, Stuart Pearson to do all his uh, tub thumping for him, isn't he? Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be... Are they going to go down? Their game to get the win. Are they going to go I down? They, I don't think they'll go down, now. I think they've got too good of a team. Well, I, uh, I don't even think they've got too good of a team anymore. I feel like there's teams around them that are probably worse off. Okay. Uh, well, his old team, Everton, they're away at Crystal Palace in the Andy Johnson derby. Um, Everton have... Uh, or uh, Crystal Palace haven't beaten Everton at Selhurst Park since 1994, uh, by which point, Ryan, were you teething? 1994. Uh, I, I, I assume so. Yeah. I don't assume that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the round form, of I think time. we can safely add another year to it. Umani Assis, four goals for Everton this season, have been uh, worth five points. That's the most of anybody in the Premier League. This is the guy that had his own locker last year. Says Hang on, aren't you the guy who earlier in the pod was talking about how you can't assume results based on one goal, etc. <laughs> See, no, he's I, quiet, but he listens. He just gets right in there. He does, does Every now and then, he pops up with stuff like this. Makes mm-hmm. notes throughout. Right, I'm going to reference this later. No <laughs> regret saying that. This yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> you might not, my wife. Stay quiet. He's <laughs> beside <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Hello, darling. I didn't know you were on the pod with me this week. <laughs> uh. Yes, but this is over a, a, a course of more games, isn't it? Whereas that was just sort of a two-legged playoff whereby, you know, you've got another 180-odd minutes to score after. Uh, you've completely convinced me. There you go. Phew, no more questions, Your Honour. Um, yeah. 
David Unsworth, Unzi, is he going to be the manager for the rest of the season? Oh, he'll be the manager forever because he gets Everton. <laughs> he understands the club. That's the fabric. Yeah. There's not I mean, another club like it in I, the world. Has Phil Neville said anything this week to annoy you, Justin? Not this week, no. It, it, I used to follow him on Twitter because I... Do you ever do you ever have songs come on the radio that you hate listen to? Yeah. Like, turn it up. Like, when the Eagles come on, I stop with it. I, I don't let anyone speak. I want to listen and hate. Oh, my God, yes, Sweet Home Alabama, which I know is not the Eagles, but that's my hate song. Right, right, right. And so I used to hate follow Phil Neville because he put he puts ha-ha into almost every tweet. <laughs> and it's definitely not appropriate with exclamation. I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> but no, this week, no, he has not annoyed me in any way. There's a man at work who's obsessed by punctuation and commas and apostrophes, and every now and then I throw a wrong one in on purpose, and you can sort of see the steam come out of his ears. <laughs> I like I like LOL. One of the worst when I like did a an online dating stint before I realized that like it's the most terrible thing on the planet. One of the like most terrible online dating messages came, came and I won't tell you what it says because it's just worse than that thing in the toilet. But it ended with <laughs> LOL, and I thought that was the best thing that you sent me. This like nasty, horrible message. It ended with LOL. Like, why would you do that? Why? That's just I'm send you treat- hilarious. We're right okay. now saying ball cock LOL. LOL. <laughs> it just made it so much better. You know, so much it's, better. it's pretty much like be saying something really horrible. Be like, oh, JK, I'm just joking. I'm just oh, having a laugh at you. Great. I was like, are you laughing right now? Why? What's funny? Why are you laughing out loud as well? That's you know, really great. That was one of us is laughing. So you think, I mean, sarcasm is difficult to get on the printed word. People are often sarcastic in tweets and mistaken for being sort of actually what they mean, isn't it? So maybe he felt he had to write the yellow afterwards mm. to to show that it was it was you know yeah sarcasm or something yeah, yeah. no no I mean, men are horrible so you know <laughs> That's... did he ask if you want he wanted to see your um did he ask if you wanted to see his ballcock he that was definitely part of it but seeing wasn't the verb oh really yeah oh uh, but lol you guys lol oh, so, oh that's, <laughs> that's right okay. then. Well, at least it was going to be fun, whatever it was. Hello, well. <laughs> For one of us. Has <laughs> uh, anyone anything to say about Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Burnley, Swansea, or um, Brighton, Stoke? Um, I'm going to have to suffer them. How about that? No, <laughs> thank, I, well, thank you for making you know, up the <laughs> You know, I believe in the magic of Patrick Stewart, and I get really excited when he's excited that Hutterfield, Huddersfield wins. I think that's great. Um the Bernie Swansea one's interesting just because it's, you know, a fight of my fantasy team. So I've got Pope in goal and I've got Tammy Abraham up front. So it's like, you know, if one of them does really well, the other one doesn't do too good. So that, that's the only thing about that game. Bournemouth Huddersfield is the 847... Sorry? Oh, no, go for it. I was killer stat. Oh, well, I thought it was anyway. Um, Bournemouth Huddersfield is the 847th different Premier League meeting of clubs. That is a killer stat. Yeah, it is a great, yeah. Somebody's gone through and added those up. <laughs> um, that person, LOLs a lot. Yeah. Um, I think Brighton's getting a lot better about not relying too much on um, their front two players and, and playing better as a team. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Oh, they're unbeaten in four, also, aren't they, I, Yes, and I just look forward to seeing Bruno do, like, crazy shit every week. I think he's bonkers. <laughs> David, Justin, anything you want to say about these three? 
Thank you for. I'll I'll watch them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Is I'm the I'm the I will mark a fixture and then sit down and watch it. And has a fixture ever turned you? Ever sort of changed your mind? And you you sat down to watch it ironically, and by the end of it, you've been rooting for one of them. You know, we get so much on on live TV here. I usually just have another option to switch over to, or I go outside. Must be nice to have access to Premier League games freely and easily. Well, it's a little worse this year, as I'm sure Jesse knows, that we had every game televised the last oh, few Oh, NBC Gold, man. Is that what you're going to yeah. go into? Because it's the worst. It's the 3 p.m. So thanks for the, for the people from the U.K. that, that, that don't get we We can't have the, the 3 p.m. kickoff. And for me, it's taken me, I'm here seven years, and it's still, it's, there's still a novelty in being able to watch all the 3 p.m. kickoffs on a Saturday. It's, you know, because all my life, or well, from televised Premier League, you might as well say, there was no football at three o'clock on uh, on a Saturday. And it, it does take some getting used to, but it's a, it's a welcome one. Yeah, by law, you're not allowed to show it, are you? That's it. It's with the, the Premier League. And, and even, like, uh, I think the Sky TV show, RT in, in the Republic of Ireland, uh, show a 3pm game, but it's, it's blocked for the rest of the UK. I think it's the only way that, that, that you can get it on Sky. So can you get it in the north, then? Nope, it, it's it's a different card, and it's, it's uh, you need to have this this. Well, where I lived, I lived too far north to to, to pick up RT. But if you live sort of midway and towards the the southern end of Northern Ireland, you can get the aerial to to, to get RT in. But uh, there was a stage where guys making a making a good business out of it. But uh, where I lived, it was too far north. Uh, right, uh, that brings us to the end. Unless anyone's got anything to say about that, any other business from anybody? Did we mention Chris Coleman, or did we skip over that? Uh, I didn't mention it at all, no. Um, Chris Coleman, is he going to save Sunderland from League One? No. No. <laughs> Let's hope not. But I just think it's the, the fantastic thing of an international manager, someone that's been managing someone like Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale <laughs> and he's going to Lee Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, why? Lee What's the incentive there for him? Club football. But, yeah, but but it's Sunderland. Exactly. Even, maybe, like you would have thought, maybe one of the Premier League. I mean, I don't know if he's on Everton's radar, but surely if he's, I don't know, it, it wouldn't he be good for Everton? Maybe. I don't rate him that much as a manager, to be honest. Did anybody particularly rate him when he was at Fulham? I think he, he did must all right, rate himself he? a little better than Sunderland. No, that's what I mean. Sunderland is like the, the actual trash pit of of all football really so I mean it why go there I think that they all rate themselves so highly that that the fact and reason doesn't come into it and they think I, I, I can turn this around I'll be a local legend forever I'll, I'll pull them out of the fire and it'll all be good yeah but it's a local legend of Sunderland yeah right. I think he has to like put all of it into the fire to pull it out of the fire well yeah. speaking of Sunderland legends Jordan Henderson Ballcock man <laughs> did you ever sit in a dressing room just in before a match or uh, a halftime team talk or something like that and a manager obviously full of ego talking about what he can do and you how long does it take for you to listen to a manager before you realise he's either got it or he's just talking a load of flannel not so much uh, halftime team talk you really sort that out in training I mean you figure out pretty quickly who um who genuinely knows the game and has a plan for for the side, and uh, who's 
coasting on reputation or delegating everything to number two, number three assistants, that sort of thing. Is that a big sign? Is it if they start? If they, the more they delegate, the more you think. Mm. Well, I mean, that's part of the, the modern game. I, I don't know that more than about half the the current managers in the Premier League would are hands on running every training session. I know, I know some that do and some that don't. But um, I mean, when I was at Dunfermline, Jim Leishman never took training, but um, but he still had everyone's respect because he spent a lot of time scouting the opposition in the week and he'd always have a plan to beat them and he was very good uh speaking to the boys that played regularly he was always very good about going around to each one of them at some point during the week and saying listen this is what i need from you saturday and give them a very clear directive about how they can impact the success of the side and i think that sort of thing goes a long way with players okay uh any other business from anybody Nope. 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 Ryan, who are you choosing? Sydney FC uh, or Melbourne Victory? I had a quick look, and I think I might be going with Melbourne Victory. Good man, they're my favourite A-League team. Oh, I, I didn't actually know that, but that, that's handy. I, I had a look at the two squads, and I think Melbourne Victory has a bit more potential. All right. Well, if you can nick anybody from Sydney FC, if I give you a little clint, uh, clue or hint, um, <laughs> if you go for Milos Ninkovic. Ninkovic. Oh, I'll make a note of that, and then we'll we'll go from there. And Ben Khalifa as well. Cool. But you have to start watching the A League now. Yeah, well, absolutely. I've got to do some, you know, scouting. Yeah. So your challenge then: in ten years, you have to get Melbourne Victory to be A League champions, um, AFC champions, and then World Club champions. That's your. So you let us know how you do that week by week or bit by bit. Yeah. No worries. Uh, if anybody wants to follow you on Twitter and ask about that, how do they do that? It's at the Ryan Goodman. Uh, Dave, how do they follow you? Uh, you'll find me at Dave RM66. Okay, Justin? Uh, keepers underscore union. Okay, Jesse, if they want to wiggle their ball cocks at you. <laughs> I'm always afraid to say it. Jesse Lose. Jesse Lose. At, at Jesse Lose. At Jesse Lose. Right. At Man on the Post is the um, Instagram account. At Man on the Post is the Twitter account. Um, some podders on this podcast tonight have not followed Man on the Post despite being on it for the best part of a year, Jesse. I d- you know what? Now I won't. Will you? <laughs> you said you wouldn't do it last week, didn't you? You did. I thought I did. You didn't. Well, <sighs> you know what? I need a social media secretary. Also, I need so many other things in my life. <laughs> fine whatever get following us we can't ask anybody else to follow us if you don't you like them all but everyone follow man on the post how's that okay fair enough and jesse i bet you've not been to that big apple store have you have you fixed your fence Uh, if you like what you hear, you can rate reviews, uh, or as Brian says, you can subscribe to us through iTunes or Acast, uh, and your um, weekly Man of the Post podcast drops into your box automatically. Um, that, again, wasn't a deal on Tundra. That was a real one. And then I think if you... Uh, I think that we get more pushed up the iTunes chart the more you subscribe to us I think there might be a podcast on Sunday uh, with Adam and the guy, and Colin and the guys reviewing what we've been previewing here um, so if you can always hang around for that as well uh, guys thank you ever so much for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post